Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is All of It. I'm Allison Stewart, live from the WNYC studios in Soho. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. I'm really grateful you're here. I still do have a cold. On today's show, we have the team behind the new off-Broadway musical, The Connector, composer Jason Robert Brown, director Daisy Prince, and star Ben Levi Ross. Shona Heath and James Price are the Oscar-nominated set designers, production designers behind Poor Things. They'll join us to discuss how they built that fantastical world for that film. And we'll celebrate the immigrant history of American traditional music with the group American Patchwork Quartet. That is the plan, so let's get this started with The Public Song Project. For some, Valentine's Day is a moment to stop and appreciate the love in your life. For others, it's a day that brings on the blues. Luckily, there are about 100 years worth of recorded music to satisfy both sides of that divide. So maybe today is the day that you write a love song. For some inspiration, you could join the second edition of the Public Song Project. For this year's Public Song Project, we're asking you to reimagine works in the public domain from the 1920s. According to copyright law, that's the decade from which most material is recently enter the public domain. It also just happens that 1924 was the year WNYC started broadcasting. And as the station gears up to celebrate a centennial, we're inviting you to celebrate the music and art that was in the air and on the air around that time. Now, for more information on the project, go to WNYC.org slash public song project. That's WNYC.org slash public song project. Look, you do not have to be a professional to submit to the project. That said, your work could be featured alongside some real pros like Bella Fleck, Rhiannon Giddens, and many, many more, including the person who was supposed to be our guest today, but who literally had to cancel about 10 minutes ago, <laughs> singer-songwriter Billy Martin. Apparently, she's had terrible car troubles, and this is quoting from her, her people, is on a ferry right now trying to make it to her show tonight. So, Billy, we wish you well. We wish you luck. Hope to have you back on the show. We do have the song that Billy reimagined for the Public Song Project. This is Billy Martin with Baby Won't You Please Come Home by Charles Warfield and Clarence Williams, most famously recorded by Bessie Smith. so lonely I'd give the world if I could only make you understand it surely would be grand I'm gonna tell her phone my baby ask him won't you please come When you're gone, I'm worried all day long. Baby, won't you please come home? Cause your mama's all alone. I have tried in vain, ever 
That was Billy Martin with her cover of Baby, Won't You Please Come Home, recorded by Bessie Smith in 1923. Each day this week, we'll premiere a new public song project submission from a musician friend of WNYC. So far, we've heard from Arturo O'Farrell, Loka Kani, and today, Billy Martin. In addition to hearing their choices, we're having conversations to put those songs in context. And given Billy's choice, and since it's Valentine's Day, today we're going to dive into the history of love songs and songs about heartbreak. I'm joined again by Anna Chilenza, Professor of Musicology at the Peabody Institute at Johns Hopkins University. Anna, thanks for joining us again. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Listeners, while we talk to Anna about the history of love songs and popular music, we want to hear from you. What is your favorite song about love? What is your favorite song about a broken heart? Our phone lines are open, 212-433-9692, 212-433-WNYC. You can call in and join us on the air. Feel free to sing. Or you can text to us at that number as well. Our social media is available, too, at all of it, WNYC. Your favorite song about love, maybe your favorite song about heartbreak on this Valentine's Day. So, Anna, we just heard Baby Won't You Please Come Home, Billy Martin performing it. How much do we know about its writers, Clarence Williams and Charles Warfield? Well, um, I think Charles Warfield was probably feeling some heartbreak uh, when this song came out because he's really the the songwriter he was um african-american songwriter uh and he went to clarence williams who was another african-american who had set up a publishing company and by 1920 was the leading uh black publisher of of music in in the united states and what became common practice then was that oftentimes publishers would say, um, I'll publish your song if I get to put my name on as a co-writer and then take a piece of that pie <laughs> as the royalties come in. And so that's that's what probably happened with this song. Musically, how does that song fit in with what was popular in the 1920s? Well, it's a great example of um, women singing the blues uh, coming coming up. So in 1920, you have Mamie Smith who sang a recorded a song called Crazy Blues and it takes off. It's just this national um, phenomenon and everybody wants to hear it. And so what you see is right around 1920, 21, 22, you have a lot of publishers who are looking for song, blues songs to publish and also a lot of promoters in vaudeville, in various theaters, um, record companies who are wanting to find uh, black female blues singers. Um, the blues before that was were often associated with male voices. So this is sort of a new phenomenon. And these were a lot of heartbreak love songs um, that these women were singing. And Bessie Smith makes this song, um, Baby Won't You Please Come Home, a huge hit uh, in, in her recordings um, in 1923. We've noticed that almost all the songs we've received from friends of WNYC for the project so far about broken hearts and being separate or separated from your love. What was going on in music and in culture in the 1920s that people seem so blue about love? Well, I don't, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, I think we can all enjoy sad songs, <laughs> even when we're sort of doing well. Um, and I think one, I mean, granted, there were some things 
to to be blue about one of the biggest would be a lot of folks were separated um at least with world war one mm -hmm. up to 1919 but with migration especially um, among a lot of african-american families there were you know as some of the family would travel north and some would stay in the south so with the blues you know there's a, a lot of linkage there but to be honest you know there's something about being able to experience sorrow in song that can be relieving and um I, I think especially in new york this is when new york city is is really exploding i mean the skyscrapers are going up and you've got all these new forms of transportation and business is taking off and it was a very you know energetic hectic time and a love song that's a sad one gives you a moment to just sort of settle in and and relax and and bring in those emotions in a way that an upbeat happy love song doesn't we got a text, Someone I Used to Love by Natalie Cole, favorite love song from Helen from Bergen County. Let's talk to Scott calling in from Brooklyn. Hi, Scott. Hey, Allison. How you doing? Doing great. Thank you for calling. Um, my favorite uh, sad song is Rush Life by Billy Strayhorn because it's not just about a broken heart. It's really about uh, giving up. And so if you're going to if you're going to wallow or sort of immerse yourself into a sad song, let's go all the way that, uh, you know, life is, life is gloomy. He's sitting at a bar and that he sees no help. And it's, <laughs> but nevertheless, it's a beautiful song. Why would you, why do you like listening to a sad song, Scott? It's cathartic that, that it's almost like, uh, if, uh, it's just, if you're, if you're, in, if you're down, let's, let's go all the way and just sort of immerse ourselves in it. And, you know, know that you'll come out the other side. But there's, to me, there's something very cathartic about mm. sad songs. Scott, thanks for calling in. We actually have oh, Lush Life. You. We actually have Lush Life queued up, sung by Sammy Davis Jr. this time. Let's take a listen. I used to visit all the very gay places. Those come what may places. Where one relaxes on the axis of the wheel of life To get the feel of life From jazz and cocktails The gals I knew had sad and sullen gray faces With distant gay traces that used to be there you could see Where they'd been washed away By too many through the day Twelve o'clock tales Then you came along With your siren song To tempt me to madness I thought for a while Aww. that you're... That's going out to you, Scott, in Brooklyn. Let's talk to Charlotte from Larchmont. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Allison. Gosh, I feel so lucky. I get on the show all the time. <laughs> um, but I, I listen during my lunch hour, and I love you so much and your whole show, and I hope you feel better. Thank you. Um, I, so, you know, it's hard to pick a favorite love song, but, of course, you say love song, and I thought of Love Song by Sarah Bareilles. Um, which I love, and I also love her, and I like to sing that song, so I'd love to sing a little bit of it for you, although I'm super nervous now that I agreed to do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll give um, you, um, 
we're going to we'll put a time limit just so you feel good about it. How does, oh, of course. How does I'll, just, I'll just do the chorus. That sounds good. 20 Great. seconds sounds splendid. All right. <clears throat> I'm not going to write you a love song because you asked for it because you need one. You see, I'm not going to write you a love song because you tell me it's make or break in this because you're on your way. I'm not going to write you to say, hey, if all you have is leaving, I'm going to need a better reason to write you a love song today. All right. I should have known when you said you were nervous that you were a ringer. What a great voice you have. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Everybody here wants you to submit to the, the Public Song Project. I'm passing that along from the producer, Charlotte. Thank you for calling in. We are talking about love songs, happy ones, sad ones. My guest is Anna Chilenza, professor of musicology at the Peabody Institute at John Hopkins University. All right, Anna, you were very kind to curate some songs for us to listen today. You were going to hear a song called... It Had to Be You. I, I love this song. It Had to Be You, made very miss by Marion Harris in 1924. Why did you want to highlight this one? Well, um, I love this song, too. I mean, part of it is, you know, this is a song I want to make sure everyone hears. Um, the earlier versions, you know, they're great. So many people have sung this, but it sticks in my mind, and I'm showing my age a little bit, Harry and Sa when Harry met Sally. I mean, it's such a huge part of that film. It's mm -hmm. sort of creates the whole emotional um, kind of glue for that film. And so in, in so many ways, I think, especially in the 20th century, love songs have done that. They've really played a major part of creating emotion in other genres like film. Let's hear It Had to Be You. Since you mentioned Harry Met Sally, we have the cover that Harry Connick Jr. did for that film. Let's listen to a little bit of his version of It Had to Be You. somebody who Anna, what's interesting to you about the way a singer like Harry Connick Jr. takes on a classic old-timey song like that? 
Well, I, I mean, I think the thing that speaks to you the most is the way he works with the microphone. He, there's an intimacy to his sound, the way he sings it, which is very different from um, the first version uh, you, you played with uh, Marion Harris because recording technology was different. So you really sort of had to shout into a, <laughs> a, 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 a tube versus being able to really use the microphone as an, as an instrument, as a musician. And so I think there's an intimacy and that you can add to these older songs. The other thing too that I think is amazing about this song and one of the reasons it became so popular early on, it was the number one um, billboard, you know, for five weeks and it was the number four song for the whole year of 1924 was because it's about a real love, right? It's It had to be you and it, it mentions also the flaws. So this is when you are truly deeply in love with someone. It's beyond the sort of first blush of love and it's realizing that it's also those flaws that make a person so lovable. Let's take a listen to another song you wanted us to highlight, Love Me or Leave Me from 1928. Why did you pick this song? Um, again, it's a song that um, I, I really love. This And, and I, to, to talk about a little difference here, which is interesting, this song um, was by Walter Donaldson and Gus Kahn. And in fact, Gus Kahn wrote the lyrics for this one, and he also wrote the lyrics for It Had to Be You. Um, he was a great lyrics writer. Uh, and what's interesting about this one is this one, Love, or, Love Me or Leave Me, was um, part of a Broadway musical called Whoopi. So it became you know a big hit on Broadway, and then it spread. It had to be you, didn't it? It really just kind of launched as a song, and it there was such a power to the song that that it it took off. Um, one thing just to to re relate to these songs as far as when they were originally written in 1924 and in 1928 um, is that if you look at the original sheet music, they come with uh, a ukulele fretting, so mm -hmm. you, the, the, you can imagine people getting out the ukulele and singing it. So they're really aimed at an amateur audience of a true song loving audience versus, um, you know, virtuoso performers. Let's listen to the 1928, an older version, I should say, from Ruth Edding, Love Me or Leave Me. And then we'll listen to one from Nina Simone. <laughs> a version that you've highlighted of Nina Simone covering this song in 1960 on the Ed Sullivan Show. What should we listen for in this? Um, well, right off the opening, you're going to notice that her piano playing is very classical. Uh, she was a classically trained piano player. And then she will even incorporate uh, a little bit of J.S. Bach um, after she sings some verse. So this mix of the classical world she came from and then the jazz uh, world that many people wanted to see her be a part of. Let's take a listen to Nina Simone. 
Say love me and leave me and let me be lonely You won't believe me but I love you only I'd rather be lonely than happy with somebody else You might find the night time the right time for kissing Night time is my time for just reminiscing Regretting instead of forgetting with somebody else There'll be no one unless that someone is you I intend to be independently blue Have it today to give back tomorrow Your love is my love There's no love for nobody so playful and fun. I love that you pointed that out for us, Anna. We are talking about love songs, old and new. We'll take some of your calls after a quick break. This is all of it. This is All of It from WNYC. I'm Allison Stewart. My guest is Anna Chilenza, professor of musicology at the Peabody Institute at Johns Hopkins University. We are talking about love songs, old and new. We've been asking you to call in with your favorite love song, your favorite heartache song. Let's take a few calls. Anna, let's talk to Ralph from the Bronx. Hi, Ralph. How you doing? Happy Valentine's Day. Same to you. Good, thank you. Let's hear it. You're on the air. Tell us about your favorite song. Okay. my One of my favorite songs, love songs, is Trying to Love to Show Ain't Easy to Do by a singer named William Bell. It's it's a story about him being in love with two women. One's at home and one's out somewhere else, and he's just trying to just handle it. And uh, the lyrics are just incredible. <laughs> I've always loved that song. Trying to love to... Show Amy's it a dude. Oh, love it. Uh, would you sing another line, please, with that voice? Trying to love to show Amy's it a dude. Thank you for that, Ralph. Left me speechless. Let's talk to Mike from Larchmont. Hi, Mike. Yes, hi. I hope I don't have to sing, but... Uh, <laughs> I was telling telling your screener that my mother was the first one to record My Funny Valentine. She was a big band singer in the uh, 30s and early 40s, and she recorded it with a band leader whose name is Teddy Powell. I actually have the 78. I bought it on eBay. So that I thought was the ultimate uh, Valentine's Day song. So I just thought I'd add that to the show. Mike, let's shout What's out her name? her name, please. Her name, her, well, her stage name was Ruth Gaylor. Her actual name was Ruth Bernstein, but in those days she didn't go by Bernstein. So she, someone said she had a, a voice like a Gaylor, which is a which is a bird. So she started uh, singing professionally at uh, at sixteen. She's from Brooklyn, and she got a job supporting her. She was supporting her family actually. She sang with uh, Teddy Powell. She sang with uh, Bunny Berrigan. Uh, these are names that uh, most most of your listeners probably don't know. But so she was the first. 
Mike, thank you for calling in. You never know who's listening to WNYC. Uh, let's go through a couple texts. Amelia in the East Village, best heartbreak song, Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor, written by Prince. Best love song, When My Boy Walks Me Down the Street by The Magnetic Fields, or My Funny Valentine by anyone, especially Ruth Gaylord. Uh, I Can't Make You Love Me, sung by Bonnie Raitt, written by Shamblin and Reed. Um, if I Should Fall Behind by Springsteen, Heartache Song, Tie Between Stormy Weather by Lena Horne, and Grace is Gone by Dave Matthews. Anna, let's get back into your selection. You have, you've picked one song and three different versions that we can roll through. The 1924 song, What'll I Do? by Irving Berlin. Uh, the same year, Berlin wrote a song called All Alone. Why is this a good song for a, a heartbreaking feeling on Valentine's Day? Well, both of these songs are great because they are autobiographical. He was very much in love with a young woman who was um, from high society and his uh, her father did not approve. And so he, um, the father, sent her off to Europe uh, for an extended visit. And that was when Irving Berlin wrote, What'll I Do? And so he's imagining, as many of us have if we've been in a long, uh, long distance relationship, imagining that person f full of love but also away and what's happening when they're kind of away from you and then um two years later they did get married and uh he wrote the song always as a wedding gift and gave her not only the song but all the royalties uh as a wedding gift let's take a listen to what'll i do this is marcia freer and henry burr <laughs> Covered by Nat King Cole, Linda, Linda Ronstadt, the Wainwrights. You have two versions of it you've highlighted Willie Nelson and Chet Baker. We're going to hear Chet Baker first. Why Chet Baker? Well, Chet, I love Chet Baker's voice. I love his trumpet playing. I think he is a great singer of romantic songs, uh, including My Funny Valentine. Um, and I just if the listeners didn't notice in that first version, so the earliest recording is what we just heard, you can really hear that it was written originally as a waltz. And one of the reasons I drew out Chet Baker and then uh, what we'll hear later is this song by Irving Berlin, it shows the brilliance of his songwriting in that any artist can make it their own. And it's one of these songs that can cross genres and feel like, you know, an early Broadway tune, or it can feel like a 1950s love song or even a country song. Let's hear What'll I Do from Chet Baker. What'll I do when you are far away 
That's Chet Baker, What'll I Do? Thanks to everybody who called in with their love songs and texted in as well. And thanks to Anna Chalenza, Professor of Musicology at the Peabody Institute at John Hopkins University. We will talk to you again at the end of the week. Thanks, Anna. That sounds great. Thank you so much. And we'll go Happy out on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. We'll go out on Willie Nelson's version of What'll I Do? Gone is the romance that was so divine It's broken and cannot be mended You must go your way and I must go mine Now that our love dreams have ended I do